Amahast was already awake when the first light of approaching dawn began to spread across the ocean. Above him, only the brightest stars were still visible. He knew them for what they were, the tharms of the dead hunters who climbed into the sky each night. But now even these last ones, the best trackers, the finest hunters, even they were fleeing before the rising sun. It was a fierce sun here this far south, burningly different from the northern sun that they were used to, the one that rose weakly into a pale sky above the snow-filled forests and the mountains. This could have been another sun altogether. Yet now, just before sunrise, it was almost cool here, close to the water, comfortable. It would not last. With daylight, the heat would come again. Amahast scratched at the insect bites on his arm and waited for dawn. The outline of their wooden boat emerged slowly from the darkness. It had been pulled up onto the sand, well beyond the dried weed and shells that marked the reach of the highest tide. Close by it, he could just make out the dark forms of the sleeping members of his samad, the four who had come with him on this voyage. Unasked, the bitter memory returned that one of them, Deacon, was dying. Soon they would be only three. One of the men was climbing to his feet, slowly and painfully, leaning heavily on his spear. That would be old Ogatir. He had the stiffness and ache in his arms and legs that comes with age, from the dampness of the ground and the cold grip of winter. Amahast rose as well, his spear also in his hand. The two men came together as they walked towards the waterholes. The day will be hot, Kuro, Ogatir said. All of the days here are hot, old one. A child could read that fortune. The sun will cook the pain from your bones. They walked slowly and warily towards the black wall of the forest. The tall grass rustled in the dawn breeze. The first waking birds called in the trees above. Some forest animal had eaten the heads off the low palm trees here, then dug beside them in the soft ground to find water. The hunters had deepened the holes the evening before, and now they were brimming with clear water. Drink your fill, Amahast ordered, turning to face the forest. Behind him, Ogatir wheezed as he dropped to the ground, then slurped greedily. It was possible that some of the creatures of the night might still emerge from the darkness of the trees, so Amahast stood on guard, spear pointed and ready, sniffing the moist air rich with the odor of decaying vegetation, yet sweetened by the faint perfume of night-blooming flowers. When the older man had finished, he stood watch while Amahast drank. Burying his face deep in the cool water, rising up gaping to splash handfuls over his bare body, washing away some of the grime and sweat of the previous day. Where we stop tonight, that will be our last camp. The morning after we must turn back, retrace our course, Ogatir said, calling over his shoulder while his eyes remained fixed on the bushes and trees before him. So you have told me but I do not believe that a few days more will make any difference. It is time to return. I have knotted each sunset onto my cord. The days are shorter. I have ways of knowing that. Each sunset comes more quickly. Each day the sun weakens and cannot climb as high into the sky. And the wind is beginning to change. Even you must have noticed that. All summer it has blown from the southeast. No longer.
Do you remember last year, the storm that almost sank the boat and blew down a forest of trees? The storm came at this time. We must return. I can remember these things, not them in my cord. I know you can, old one. Amahast ran his fingers through the wet strands of his uncut hair. It reached below his shoulders, while his full blonde beard rested damply on his chest. But you also know that our boat is not full.